0: producing audio for every need, and Greta Pope Entertainment, for the finest in entertainment. Hey there, and welcome to the third season of the Business Savvy Singer podcast. We're so glad that you're here. This season of the podcast features weekly interviews with professional singers of all genres and backgrounds, in addition to featuring experts who provide support services for singers. Join us each week for great information to move your career forward. Keep in touch with us via social media. We want to hear from you. Hey there, and welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. I am very excited today. I have a special lady with me, and you're going to love hearing all about her career and her life. Erica Dunlap is an American beauty pageant title holder from Orlando, Florida. She was named Miss Florida in 2003 and subsequently crowned Miss America in 2004. Erica was the first African-American woman to be crowned Miss Florida, in the Miss America pageant's 81-year history. As of 2022, she is still the only African-American woman to have been crowned Miss Florida. In addition, Erica and her former husband, Brian, appeared on the 15th season of the CBS primetime television show, The Amazing Race. They won third place. Erica is a wonderful singer, and currently does concerts and speaking engagements across the world. I am delighted today to talk with the great Erica Dunlap. Hello, Erica. What an honor it is to have you join us today. Thanks for being here.
1: Fabulous. Thank you so very much, Greta. I appreciate you inviting me, and I'm so glad that the timing worked out perfectly.
0: Me too. Me too. So in addition to all of the other wonderful things that you've done, you are a fantastic singer. Where are you originally from, and how did you get started with music?
1: Well, thank you. I'm actually from Orlando, Florida, born, raised, and educated, as I tell everyone. Um, my family, my parents are, are were born in Georgia, but migrated down to Orlando, um, before I was born, and so most of my siblings live here as well, so most of my family lives here in Orlando, and so growing up, I went to a pretty conservative private school that, um, you know, I wasn't really allowed to listen to a lot of things other than gospel, Christian music, um, and country music, Ah. and so part of my rearing um, is very much rooted in Um, country music and I started performing um, when I was nine years old Uh, was the first time that I I sang and I was attempting to sing like my idol Whitney Houston when she did the national anthem for the (laughs) Super Bowl of course that is just such an iconic rendition and everyone was enthralled by it so I attempted to sing it and I sounded okay Mm -hmm. so my mom says you know you should, you should sing. So she bought me a karaoke machine and a part of the karaoke machine they used to give um, a cassette tape that would give you some, some um, initial tutorial songs for you to try out. Mm -hmm. And one of the songs on there was Something to Talk About by Bonnie Raitt. Oh, yeah. Now, Bonnie Raitt is not a country artist. She is um, more of a blues artist. Mm -hmm. But um, I took that song, and it was the first song that I sang in a competition, and it went like wildfire. So it just kind of set ablaze my trajectory towards singing. And um, I spent six years in Nashville. Um, recording as a country music artist. So I have a great love for that music. But in the remainder of my rearing, of course, R&B, soul music influenced me quite a bit. And so I have been um, more along that line of a performance in the past several years. And it has suited me very well just with life experiences and being able to interpret the music of some of these amazing great singer songwriters who have produced these fabulous songs that take us back to these nostalgic times that's what I love to do when I perform so singing for me becomes um I I like to call myself a shunt twos and so (laughs) um I am an interpreter of emotion and um I help people through and help people to feel the emotions that either they want to feel or maybe they need to feel
0: that is fantastic. That's fantastic. You know, you mentioned Bonnie Raitt. I am a huge fan of Bonnie Raitt as well. And her dad was, was a huge Broadway performer. I don't know if you were aware of That's that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, John He was huge. So um, wow. yeah, she's, she's quite something. She's quite something. So yes. developing the skills and discipline to become Miss America takes a great deal of preparation. Tell us about that. How old were you when you started in the pageant system, or when you began to think that this might be something you'd want to do?
1: So I'll start you back to um, my family again. My sister, who is 18 years older than me, mm-hmm. um, I, I like to call myself a divine appointment, not a oops. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's um, great. Yeah, I'm sure there's people who will argue that, but <laughs> I am a divine appointment to my family, and my sister, being 18 years older, she was in fashion design school and that was her major in college. Mm -hmm. And so when I was three years old and she was getting ready to finish her, her um, degree, her, a part of her final exam was to produce uh, a fashion show and in doing so she also had to design all the clothing and do, she had to, you know, do every facet and curate every part of this fashion show. And so I was three years old at the time And uh, she decided to make me her mini model. (laughs) And I went on stage and I vaguely remember it, but I've seen video of it. So that's helpful. But I remember just going on stage and twisting and walking down the runway with my hands on my hips and emulating these older girls. And I was wearing a little outfit very similar to what the older girls were wearing. And so people just laughed and they chuckled and they clapped. And that was back in the 80s when fashion shows were the thing. Yeah. You know, it was such a big deal. Yeah. So I was a star oh. at three years old in my mind. Yes, I, <laughs> I bet you
0: were darling. Like oh, my very... gosh. That's wonderful. <laughs> so cute. So it was a lot of fun. I can just it visualize it.
1: And...
0: I can visualize <laughs> So cute. You're such a beautiful woman. I can just imagine what you looked like as a little girl, and people were flipped out, I'm sure. With my little
1: pigtails yes. and my little grown-up girl outfit. It was <laughs> It was kind of ridiculous when I think about it, but very cute nonetheless.
0: Um, Absolutely.
1: So that was my starting point. And from there, I remember my mom bringing home a pamphlet for a pageant. And there were little girls that were my age with big poofy dresses and a tiara on. And they had these big trophies. And I was like, sign me up. This is what I was meant to do. I was six years old. And that was very, um, that was very important for me at the time. And, um, sorry, they're singing in the background. That's okay. (laughs) Um, But anyhow, the, you know, starting at age six, I knew that I wanted to pursue patentry as much as I could, but being, um, a black girl in the South. Um, and, yeah. you know, starting out in pageants, it was very rough, very yeah. challenging. Of course, my mom didn't really have all the resources and we didn't really know what it took. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, so my dad was willing to finance it. So being <laughs> that my dad, you know, just kind of went along with this whimsical idea of my mom wow. to make me into a little beauty queen. Wow. Um, it worked out beautifully. I just continued to pursue and it took me about a year to win my first pageant. And once wow. I won my first title, it was like on and off into the sunset from there. Oh, so wow. uh, that... going to Paris Miss America was exciting, but it was a culmination of literally 25 years of preparation yeah. prior to actually winning.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was. Um I have several voice students yeah. that I teach that are in the pageant system. And I know, I mean, they do it year after year after year. Yes. I mean, it's it's a real discipline. It's a real thing, you know, so I get it. Yes. So tell us, what yeah. was it like to be crowned Miss America? Tell us about your platform and what your day-to-day life was like during your reign as Miss America.
1: So during my year as Miss America, I traveled the country as a spokesperson and an ambassador for a variety of organizations, from community works to, um, to organizations that helped with, um, you know, various community causes and with mm-hmm. that, um, it was my response. I am so distracted. I'm sorry. They just keep
0: yeah, they're really like, saying it's you know, getting louder funny. and louder, but it's pretty. It's Okay. It's kind of a nice <laughs> background pretty, for really? us. Yeah, it's kind of a nice background.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Well, that's okay. I get my
0: thoughts together
1: because I keep hearing them chirping in my ear. Um, so, I think they're just laughing now. So uh, back to Miss America. So um, you travel the entire year as a speaker and spokesperson and you really don't know what you're getting yourself into until you win.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm sure. I am often
1: tell young ladies that um, Miss America is, um, it's a job that you step into because you are prepared mm-hmm. and because you are ready far beyond what you perform on stage. Mm-hmm. It is your life's work. It yeah. is, the community that raised you, it's your church, it's your school, it's your nephews and nieces and your cousins and aunts and uncles and all the influences that have helped to shape the the woman that you are. Mm -hmm. Um, I often tell people that um, I don't use the term queen lightly, and it seems like people use that all the time, and it's kind of like a colloquialism where you just say, hi, queen, or, you know, naming people with this very prestigious title of, queen um you really first have to prove yourself worthy of being a queen yeah, of and course. to being a queen is someone who cares for their community and is a servant before she is a leader and so with that I have served my community for thousands and thousands of hours before Miss America ever came into um into my reality wow. and uh thinking about my high school days of Going to nursing homes and singing for them, and going to um, uh, the centers for disabled children, and mm-hmm. just being with them and trying to give them um, a sense of normalcy mm-hmm. or um, a sense of gratitude for who they are and the spirit that they have. Um, those are part of being a productive, a productive queen, and to be a community advocate has always been really important to me. So Miss America and the journey towards becoming Miss America, um, like I said, it took me, you know, twenty years mm-hmm. before ever getting the crown. But mm-hmm. nothing uh, that is worthwhile happens overnight. So, That's
0: absolutely right. That's absolutely yeah. right. You worked hard toward it, and and you have reaped the rewards, and you continue to serve your community. I just I admire you so much because I see what you do. You know, I've done a lot of research on you and I, I see what you do. And I think it's just, uh, it's fantastic. Um, Thank you. So now tell us what it was like, that moment that they called your name when you what I cannot even imagine.
1: Well, I encourage people, often to go and look at the YouTube clip because it was a moment <laughs> and it was actually... As titled on the Oprah show that I was able to be a guest on, it was the moment that changed my life. And yep. so it really did. Um, it was a, a goal and a dream for so long. It was like living my dream out in real time is wow. just the most phenomenal thing anyone can experience. And I remember very vividly, it's been almost 20 years, it's been 19 years since my founding moment. And I just remember. Standing there with Miss Hawaii and thinking to myself, I've been wanting this since I was six years old. Please don't (laughs) let me be first order up. (laughs) And sure enough, and sure enough, my my little prayer worked. But I I just remember talking to the judges after the fact, and they said to me, You were it. As soon as you walked into the interview, And you did your interview. We wanted you to know that you didn't have to work so hard. And one of my judges was actually Greta Van Susteren. I don't know if you remember Greta. Yes, I do. You probably do. Yes, Yes. I
0: do remember her. She
1: was such a, I mean, a very aggressive attorney. Mm -hmm. Um, She was probably one of the first legal analysts who was on television and who was just very tough. Mm -hmm. She was one of my judges and everybody was scared to death that she was going to be a judge. Right. And so I recall meeting her after at the press conference and I'm just crying and I'm saying thank you. And I'm just so thrilled and she's even more thrilled. She was just ready to take a picture with me. And she said, I just wanted you to know I kept looking at you at every phase of competition. I wanted you to feel my eyes and I wanted you to know that you just didn't need to work because you already won. And it was just wow. That was really the moment that changed my life was hearing my judges tell me yeah. how much they regarded me. Yeah. Um, and one of those judges was a former Miss America who was one of my idols, um, oh. Kimberly Aiken Cockrum. Um, she was Miss America in 1994. I remember watching her win Miss America and then for her to be on my judges panel. Oh. Um, she was pregnant at the time with her daughter and she was sitting underneath this the, the can light that was sitting on top of her. It just made her look like an angel. It oh. was just casting this amazing glow on her. And I'm like, I this is my moment. And um, just having that experience is, is so inspiring, even to myself, mm-hmm. um, 20 years later, to remember that there was a time in my, my life where not only I was put on a pedestal, but I had the opportunity of a lifetime to mm-hmm. um, to meet some of my idols. Mm-hmm. And then be approved by them. Yeah. So that is just phenomenal.
0: Yes, it is phenomenal. It is just, uh, it brings tears to my eyes. It's a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> thing, really. It's fabulous. So now, talk to us a little bit about the benefit of pageants for young women. I mean, there are many, many benefits, whether you ever become Miss America or not. I mean, there are a lot of good things yes. that come from it.
1: Certainly. When I was in high school, because I'd been doing pageant since I was six and I was accustomed to interviewing, and I'll tell you, when I was a little girl, I recognized that I was not the first choice for winner. Mm-hmm. I was not the one who would be considered the prettiest. I recognized that. I knew that there were going to be times when I wouldn't win competitions because of my complexion, mm-hmm. um, because of a num- number of factors. And so with that, I knew the way that I was going to win was through interview mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Because what I recognized also is that so many of those pretty girls didn't know how to put a sentence together. Yeah. <laughs> they yep. didn't know how to articulate ideas. And so it became my passion to interview well, Mm -hmm. to be captivating um, with my communication skills, but then also just to have more of a framework for what is my strategy towards getting the judges to remember me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that serves me greatly in high school. When I went to Atlanta for the Coca-Cola Scholars Foundation weekend, I was selected out of 100,000 applicants to go to Atlanta. There were 250 students there, and I just distinctly remember the judges in, on the panel, we all, each 250 students had to go through an interview session. And those judges said that this is the best interview that they had been in in all of their corporate years even. And so these are you know, corporate leaders who come to ask you why you should win this $50,000 scholarship for, for college. And I defended that and being able to do that wow. um, in high school proves that pageantry helps it to establish poise it provides um, a platform for you to develop your communication skills for Mm -hmm. you to learn how to answer a question within 20 seconds and not bore people Mm -hmm. and not get yourself into the weeds of what you really don't know (laughs)
0: yeah yeah it's wonderful
1: yeah (laughs) so very important tactics and as we, a young woman, it helps you to, and you can attest to this. Every time I see you, you're just so elegant. It looks like you're walking on a cloud.
0: Well, thank you, you always
1: have this smile on your face. I mean, you're certainly a beauty queen in your own right oh. because you embody all of the characteristics of what it means to be a queen to me. And
0: oh. that Thank you, Erica. Is that is so, so sweet. Good. Thank you.
1: Oh, it's it's very true. I mean, you're just such a lovely lady, and you're elegant. And you. queens are not um, are not supposed to be barbaric, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I know that there are warrior queens, but queens to me should be very elegant and effortless and fabulous. Um, I think the queen should be someone that no one else has what she has. It's more mm-hmm. than a genetic qua It is. It is very. Um, it's just that certain something that only she possesses and i truly believe that pageant's helped me to pull that together mm-hmm. and to present the very best package of myself yeah and it started from youth it wasn't just something that happened yeah. in a couple of months getting ready for miss america
0: that's right that's right i mean that's yeah. something i know i know what it takes to to do what you've done and it's something to be proud of and you know, for the world to be in awe of, I mean, it's it's pretty oh, fabulous, pretty fabulous.
1: Thank you. So, yes, it's been a fun ride.
0: I will say I'm sure no, it, I'm it has, surfing. and continues to be fun, and will continue to be fun all of your life, which is fabulous. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So now let's change gears a little bit and talk about the amazing race. What was it like to be on that? Tell us all about it. I mean, what a neat show and a neat opportunity. The amazing,
1: yes, The Amazing Race is amazing for certain. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's another expanse of a lifetime. So many thousands and thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll go into the hundreds of thousands and probably mm-hmm. millions who have submitted audition tapes across the world because there are iterations of The Amazing Race in many different countries. Mm-hmm. And so the... American version was the original and it is a scavenger hunt across the world. You don't know where you're going until you make it to, you know, each leg is when you're revealed your next location. And it is, it's, it's exciting. It's daunting. It's hard. um, But the, 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 the wonderful side of it is that it helps you to, again, develop the skills that you need to persevere through some of the most difficult things that you'll ever do on television on with television. millions of people that are going to be watching. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> so it's great. Like You know, you just have to learn how to, again, manage your communication because if you, you're, you're not only the dialogue that you, you verbally speak, but your inner dialogue because so many times when I was defeated and I was frustrated and physically I didn't feel like I could accomplish a goal. Mm-hmm. I just had to keep pushing. Yeah. I had to tell myself, keep going. Don't mm-hmm. worry about who's behind you. Don't worry about who's on your heels. You can't focus on the past events that put you in the last place. You just have to keep pushing. And maybe mm-hmm. one day you'll get to first. And even mm-hmm. if you don't touch first place, at least just keep going and you will, you'll place, you'll finish in a place that you want to. And so we finished third, Mm -hmm. um, which being in the top three is coveted because those are the top three spaces. Mm -hmm. And um, again, I think our race really reflected on just finish the race. Yeah. No matter what you go through, you may never win a leg, but you have to finish your race. Finish strong because Mm -hmm. in the end, you'll win something. Yeah. You you may not win what you wanted to, but you will win the things that, you need. So I'm reminded of um, the song lyrics of, you might not get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you'll get what you need. <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. It's such a metaphor for life. You know, stay yes. in your lane, stay in the yes. moment, and just go for it.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that's it was great. very exciting. We went to nine countries within 27 days. Wow. And I think we logged about 12,000 miles. Oh. My and gosh. we started out in Los Angeles, and we went from there to Japan. Um, let's see: Japan, Vietnam, Cambodia, Dubai, Amsterdam, Sweden, Prague, Estonia, and then back to the United States. Wow, that's so pretty it was exciting. Quite a, a journey.
0: Yeah. Wow, that is very. That's very exciting, and an and, and, and unusual <laughs> uh, kind of experience. You know, it's wonderful.
1: Very unusual. And I will say that I often tell um, married couples to please don't go on that show (laughs) because it's such a test of your relationship. And it it truly takes you through 30 years within 30 days. And I don't know if that's very fair. Yeah, I can (laughs) imagine. Yes, it tests the strength of your will. It tests the strength of, of, um, again, your communication is the main Uh, facet of being able to get through and to to persevere to the end so yeah it's it's an amazing race for certain
0: (laughs) absolutely named appropriately huh yes (laughs) yes (laughs) Yes. (laughs) um the city of Orlando has named a special day in your honor tell us about that well thank you that's actually one of 10 Uh, 10
1: days that I have across the country in my name, which is so phenomenal. Wow. You know, it may just be a symbolic gesture, but the fact that someone thought enough of Erica Y. Dunlap to give me a day in my name, there are millions of people who will never have that honor.
0: Absolutely. And
1: um, in Orlando, which is my hometown, it is on um, June the 14th.
0: June 14th.
1: And what makes that special is that... Um, I typically don't really do a lot on that day, but I'm starting to, now that I have a daughter, I have a two year old and oh. having her in my life, it just makes me remember to celebrate the little things mm-hmm. that they wind up being big traditions. Oh And yeah. so, um, Erica down that day has a new meaning to me now <laughs>
0: because wonderful. I have a
1: little one to, yeah. um, to celebrate my legacy and to, Pour into her everything that I have learned, everything that I've experienced, mm-hmm. and allow her to be exposed to the things that will help to shape her. Um, I want her to shape her life. I want her to decide her life. And she is, as a two-year-old who is now learning how to tell me what to do, where to go, <laughs> she is designing her life like she wants.
0: How cute. And she
1: is in control. And I love is it. And she independent. And she knows who she is and what she I wants. I love it. And uh, I celebrate that because as a young woman, it is going to be really important for her uh, to boldly stand where she wants to. Yeah. And to do that with as much support and as much love and encouragement as she can get, like I have. Yes. Um, And I don't even know if my parents realized what kind of monster they were creating with me, but (laughs) I... (laughs) I'm so grateful that my family, my brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. even with them being so much older, I didn't really have a playmate, so to speak, until I went to school. But I did have a very supportive, um, encouraging family unit that helped yeah. to guide me and expose me to things mm-hmm. that were very formative for my career. Now,
0: yeah, it's wonderful, and they were in your corner. You know and that that's yeah. so that's so important for people to believe in you. That's that's great. That's great. Yeah. So I, I have a quick question. What does the Y stand for, Erica Y yeah. Dunlap?
1: Yolanda. Yolanda.
0: Yolanda is my middle name. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so, I have an affinity for Yolandas because it's my it's my hidden name. Yeah. Sometimes it gets it gets some uh recognition, but a lot of times it just kind of gets thrown away with yeah. just the initial, just the why. Yeah. But I love my, my I love my entire name and I love who I am and mm-hmm. it's you know, you go through ebbs and flows of that. Yeah.
0: Well <laughs> of course everyone I, does. Yeah.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm, but I I, yeah. I certainly have come to appreciate my womanhood and appreciate um, the young woman that I am and the young businesswoman that I am, and mm-hmm. um, just, again, forging ahead and not not backing down even on my own dreams.
0: That's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yes. So now tell us a little bit about your business. You have a, a, a business. Tell us about that.
1: Yes, and so I'm the CEO of Crown Communication Group, mm-hmm. and we're located here in Orlando, but we think globally, but act We act we act locally, but think globally Mm -hmm. because I work in many different countries and I have many international clients. And so it has been a pleasure to connect people and to connect dots. I think back to my visit to Nigeria a few years ago. I met with the ambassador in New York, and he put me on assignment to um, to uh, Lagos and doing some things there specific for them and for encouraging young women business um, owners to, to be fearless about their business and to develop a true strategy and a business plan so that they can be successful in whatever they wanted to do. Many of the young women in Nigeria specifically are um, interested in the arts and the creative Mm -hmm. aspect of life. And Mm -hmm. so they are designers. They are fashion models. They, um, many of them sew and they're really talented in their sewing in addition to the actual drawing of the designs, but they are um, very entrepreneurial and um, many of them just need that, that extra Mm -hmm. support, that love to know that even thousands of miles away in another country, I have similar challenges that I have overcome and you can do the same thing. So it's been a pleasure to step out on faith and be my own boss and to, as we say in my industry, kill what I eat and, You know, you have to go out and chase after it and you have to bet on you every single day. You have to bet on your why, the reason why you started this whole initiative in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can't give up on that. You can't let the negative self-talk of, oh, this hasn't happened. This hasn't pulled through. This person hasn't called back. That's right. You haven't sent the email. You know, there's there are billions of people in this world. So we just have to find our tribe and find the ones who will support us. And they are there. They're out there.
0: They're out there. That's absolutely right. That that is wonderful. It's remarkable. So now you have the Crown Jewel Foundation. So is that that's part of your business or is that kind of a separate arm of your business?
1: It's a separate arm of my business where I support um, girls organizations. And so for many years after Miss America, I would travel to different locations and I would speak to, um, organizations that worked with, um, young women, teen girls of all walks of life. And so my goal has been to support those initiatives in various cities. Mm -hmm. And so I'm from Philadelphia, Montgomery, Alabama, I've been to, um, Connecticut. I can just think of North Carolina. So many different places mm-hmm. that I've had a chance to interact, and many of those young women are from under underserved populations, yeah. um, African American communities that need to see a role model in real mm-hmm. time, in real life, knowing yeah. that they can accomplish something that was not. Um, initially started for them. It was not in the plans for them to be a part of, but mm-hmm. they can break through that glass ceiling and they can create a new opportunity for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad to be a bricklayer who has had a chance to do that. And so that's what Crown Jewel Foundation is all about. Um, we can't do it all, so we do some things locally, but we mainly support all of the additional um Organizations that I've come across over the years, and helping them with scholarships or helping them with stipends for staffing, um, just so that they can continue to grow in the way that is going to best serve their communities.
0: That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Kudos to you thank for you. all that you're doing. I just, I think it's fantastic. So oh, you're so kind thank oh, you. It's true. It's true. Um, so is there anything else that you'd like to tell us about? Any other things that you're doing or any upcoming things? Or I know you have a concert coming up at, uh, what is it, December 22nd? Correct. Yes. yes.
1: So December 22nd, I am hosting my annual um, holiday concert, which is called Christmas with Soul. And it's very exciting because we have a 10-piece band. We have... Mm. Um, amazing vocalists. We have costuming. We've got wigs. We've got jackets. We've got sequins. We've got everything. Whatever you want, we've got it. And it's I so love exciting it. Because I don't know if people really celebrate Christmas the way that I do. And mm-hmm. I say that because my birthday is December 29th. Oh. And so I, I love Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it is my time of year. It is when I thrive. It is when I can be happy. I just finished. Two Christmas trees for a friend. I mean, wonderful. this is what I
0: love to do. That's I love
1: Garland. I I love poinsettias. I'm just all about it. I I, I have a Santa Claus outfit that I wear. <laughs> well,
0: you know what? I saw that Santa Claus outfit the other day, and boy, is it darling! Very cute.
1: Yeah. So I get into it, and then of course, with having a young one, I, I'm. This is her first year recollecting what Christmas is all about, and knowing what presents are and mm-hmm. ripping the paper open. Mm-hmm. And it's just getting so much more exciting because now I get to see Christmas through her eyes. Yes. And so mommy is, she's got the mom for the job. That's I am great. ready to make Christmas a bonanza for her. And that is so, so wonderful. with that, um, in addition to that, I'm also hosting my show. And so I invite people to, if they're in the Orlando area or if they'd like to come to the Orlando area for vacation We don't only have theme parks, but we have amazing world-class entertainers here in Orlando that are from here, that currently live here. Mm -hmm. Yes, they work at some of the theme parks as entertainers, but a lot of them have traveled all over um, singing for dignitaries and for common folk alike, and they are going to be, they are going to blow your socks off on December 22nd at Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center, I'm so very, very thrilled to have um, to be able to present this iteration of my concert.
0: Well, I am very excited. I will be there, my dear. I
1: Thank
0: will be there, and know. I'm looking so forward to it. Well, awesome! We'll get all dressed
1: up. Yes. I'm happy to see you on the 22nd. Yes,
0: I will do that you know, you had and continue to have a fabulous career. What advice would you give to young singers or hopeful pageant participants or anyone else starting off in their career? Just a, a brief quip of what what you would say to them or, or what you've learned and um, uh, embodied through your career. Well,
1: I'll go back to the title of your podcast, Being a Business Savvy Singer. Mm-hmm. And being business savvy is probably the most important thing um, if you look at some old videos or old footage of, of singers from years past, um, and if you get to know a little bit more about them, um, you'll know that the business is always the thing that either can tear them down yep. or that can propel them to the next level of what their purpose is. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I always advise for young people to not skip the numbers mm-hmm. and to be intentional about... Their business, mm-hmm. every facet of their business, from their marketing to how they present themselves, um, really taking that time. If you care about this, this is what you want to do. Yep. You got to take a couple hours to not be on Instagram or to not <laughs> be hanging out or not watching Netflix. And yep. you got to take that time and invest it back into your business. Until the money is there, you have to invest the time to figure out how to get the money.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> so,
1: a big part of that is just knowing your numbers, knowing what you need to know, and not being afraid of that as an artist because it is hard. It is very hard to yeah. have a creative right brain that is flourishing and thriving and playing and frolicking in the woods <laughs> yeah. as you know this this <laughs> native being that is divine. Yeah. And then you have to go into the concrete reality of legal fees and yeah. you know production fees and all the additional add on costs and things of that nature. Right. So while you're thriving in the forest <laughs> and you are being a wonderful little, <laughs> little Tinkerbell on the other side, you know, you, you gotta take Peter Pan's hand and grow up, and you've yeah. got to know the thing that is the hardest thing for you to know because the creative part is the easy part. You can yep. do that in your sleep. Yep. But knowing the business is so vital. And a part of that is doing your homework. Like I said, you have to know, know who's who, know who there is to know, Mm -hmm. and then decide how you're going to, you know, what's your game plan going to really be.
0: Yep. You're right. That's uh, tremendous advice. And it is so, so, so true. Well, Erica, thank you so much for being with us today. We are wishing you much, much continued success. You are just a dear, and I'm happy to call you a friend.
1: Thank you. Likewise. And thank you for for putting this platform together and for keeping it together. Podcasting is very difficult. Um, having the, the foresight, foresight to um, not only think about what the questions are going to be, but also who you're going to be asking to be a part of your brand. So thank you for sharing with me and for sharing
0: with your audience. Well, thank you so much. I think it's just so important to help singers. You know, as you were saying, the, the creative part is the easy part, you know, and a lot of singers don't recognize that. So, you know, I, I think uh, it, it's wonderful to have guests like you who just kind of lay it out there in a realistic way. And it's fabulous. So I thank you so much for being with me today.
1: My pleasure. All
0: right. Talk to you later. Happy holidays. <laughs> thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Singers, have you ever wanted to improve your sight reading skills? Do you want to hear harmonies better and sing them more easily? Would you like to be able to improvise and sing more styles of music? Donovan Mixon's performance ear training can help you with all of these things. Donovan has been a faculty member at Berklee College of Music and is an expert in this field. Doesn't matter where you live. Classes are offered online. Visit DonMixon.com. Check out our show notes for more info. Good news. We're partnering. The Business Savvy Singer podcast is delighted to be included in the NatsCast network. NatsCast is the official podcast network of the National Association of Teachers of Singing. It's an honor to be part of this community and have the opportunity to provide encouragement, education, and entertainment to singers everywhere. The Business Savvy Singer podcast is brought to you by the privatemusicstudio.net, Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at grettapope.com. We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer podcast. The Business Savvy Singer.